Welcome to VCR, Vintage Cinema Rewind. We're bringing old movies to new viewers. I'm Blake. And I'm Jason. And uh, we're doing Ghost! Question mark. Yes. It was a, a strange pick for us, I think. But since we were doing romance, we wanted something that I guess we'd both kind of seen on the peripheral. Like, it's been floating around as something that like was a classic romance movie. How do you feel about that? Ghost is like a movie that's been in the zeitgeist, like in in the culture since like 1990 when it came out. Yeah. It's so for for us, it's a movie that has been around our entire lives, and it impacted the culture of the 90s, uh, in such a way that like the I mean the iconic scene of the the pottery, the erotic pottery scene yeah. is uh like maybe one of the most well known scenes of movies. Period. Yeah, I feel like I knew that scene so much that I was like, I, I didn't even know what movie, but it was from. But I knew the scene, and then once we were looking through like lists of uh, movies for this episode, I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I'm pretty sure that at my house, we have a copy of Ghost on VHS that's never been pulled out of its packaging. Like, I think my grandma gave it to my mom or something, like, when I was a baby. Wow. Um, and nobody in the house ever watched it, which is kind of hilarious. So, I think let's get into the plot, and then I have some thoughts even on the plot. Yeah. And, and what this movie is, as opposed to, like, what people think this movie is. Because those are two very different things, I think. Yeah, I would agree. Ghost is a 1990 romantic fantasy film directed by Jerry Zucker. The movie tells the story of a young man named Sam Wheat, played by Patrick Swayze, who, after being murdered, becomes a ghost and tries to communicate with his girlfriend, Molly Jensen, who's played by Demi Moore, through a psychic, Whoopi Goldberg, to protect her from his killers. Sam has to find a way to expose the truth, protect Molly, and navigate this whole spiritual world as a ghost. It's a blend of drama and romance, and with some supernatural elements that uh, keep the audience engaged until the end. Yeah, and so on that note, like, if you think that this is really just like a steamy romance film, boy, are you wrong. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, there is a lot happening in this film. Yeah, I thought it was going to be similar to that Don't Put Baby in a Corner I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> you don't know that movie? Oh, what is no. it? No. Uh, I have to look that up real quick. Uh, it's, a, again, Patrick Swayze in Dirty Dancing. That's it. <laughs> ah, okay. I actually haven't seen Dirty Dancing. It's one of the few Patrick Swayze movies that I have left. Yeah, it's Nobody Puts Baby in the Corner. That's, uh, okay. That's okay. his like, famous quote. So I thought it was more along those lines, like another one of those. And uh, I was uh, like happily mistaken. <laughs> And that's kind of the thing is like, I mean, the most famous scene, the pottery scene happens in like the first 15 minutes of the movie, along with like a lot of the expectation of this movie is like built up in the first 15 minutes as to like somebody who has always known about this movie, but has never actually watched it. I thought that the first 15 minutes were going to be basically par for the course for the next two hours, essentially. Yeah. And that was very much not the case, which is really cool. And I think I think we're going to talk about it a little bit more when we get into like the who is this movie for. I think right now let's uh, maybe pivot into the characters and people you may know. Yeah, awesome. So our first important character, a central figure, is Patrick Swayze playing the character Sam Wheat. Sam Wheat's 
kind of an investment bro and they kind of present that in the first 20 minutes pretty well like uh they're making kind of jokes on the elevator together like they're they're kind of him and him and his other buddy who work at the investment bank together yeah uh, very very broy relationship yeah i was happy with the little bit of comedy at the beginning like i wasn't even sure if this was going to be a rom-com like I, yeah. d- I didn't know which direction it was going to go and that started it out with some comedy where they're uh like just scaring everybody else in the elevator with like contagious like disease jokes <laughs> Yeah, and boy, does that hit differently in 2023, eh? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was, like, half, like, chuckling and half, like, whoof. Like, I wouldn't want to be in that elevator right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyway, so Patrick Swayze, I would say a household name. Patrick Swayze has kind of an interesting career because he's in a lot of these, like, very well-received not necessarily the best movies ever made kind of thing. Yeah. Like every one of his movies you cannot say is an enjoyable movie, whether it's like the greatest piece of art ever made is is another kind of debate entirely. Mm. And so the movies that you might know Patrick Swayze from, they're all kind of older movies for the most part. His most famous are probably this, the movie Roadhouse, which is maybe the greatest bad movie ever made like it's it's so enjoyable and it, but like the plot is just completely nonsensical and i feel like the fighting is just ridiculous as well yeah it's a great movie like i had so much fun watching it but i wouldn't say it was a great time <laughs> like it was a good movie yeah um he did dirty dancing which you already mentioned point break he was in donnie darko uh which i forgot about and i recently watched it like six months ago and i went oh i think that's patrick swayze when he pops up in it I haven't watched that in a little bit. I have to rewatch Donnie Darko, but uh, that's interesting who's in it. The last the last thing that you might know him from, and this actually really surprised me, is The Outsiders. He plays Daryl Curtis, the oldest brother, which I just didn't put two and two together, and that was a really important movie to my teens um, and a really important book to me, so I, I was like kind of mind-blown about that. That's kind of like how I came to know of him. And then I realized he was in all these old movies, like old 90s movies, but I didn't um, I didn't really know who he was. But yeah, I remember him in that. Right. Yeah. And Patrick Swayze, like, I guess Sam Wheat, the character of Sam Wheat is, is pretty, it's a pretty unique role for him in this film because he's playing a ghost. So he's not like, he's not the central action figure for most of the film, right? Like most of those movies, especially with like the movie like Roadhouse, like he is the main action star of that film. And so it's kind of a little bit outside of his wheelhouse because he's just kind of more like reacting to what the rest of the characters and what's happening in in any given scene, which is kind of unique. It's kind of it's kind of an interesting yeah. idea. It might have like pushed him to the limit of his acting abilities potentially, yeah. and he he did quite well. Yeah, for the most part, like uh, there's a few scenes where his acting made me laugh out loud because yeah. it wasn't necessarily on point. Yeah, but, exactly. But uh, that you know what? That's sometimes that's part of the enjoyment of a film is is some awkward acting. So our next main character is Molly Jensen. So the love interest of Sam Wheat. She is a sculptor, I would say. An artist overall. Yeah. Yeah, an artist. Yeah. And so her and Sam Weed are in this pretty loving relationship. And so obviously when Patrick Swayze's character dies in the the first 20 minutes of this movie, that's pretty heartbreaking. And we kind of follow her character and and how she kind of responds to the situation. And so Molly Jensen's played by Demi Moore, uh, another 
household name, I would say. And and obviously this movie with how important it is to the 90s, this movie is part of the reason why she's a household name. Yeah, and she killed it. Like the she has she's the only real actor in this, I feel. She is, and maybe you and I can debate that later when we get into spoiler territory, because I think depending on what you want to get out of this movie, you may or may not like her performance the best. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk about that in spoiler territory, though. So Debbie Moore, you might know from A Few Good Men, uh, Mr. Brooks, where she plays alongside Kevin Costner, and Deconstructing Harry, which is a Woody Allen movie. She's also married to, or was married to Bruce Willis, and that's why she's been... A little bit more relevant the last year as well because of all of Bruce Willis's unfortunate medical issues that he's been going through. They're still, even though they're not together anymore, it seems like they're very, very close. So our next uh, main character is Oda Mae Brown. She's a sassy psychic, kind of a con artist. When we kind of are introduced to her, she's kind of putting on a show and and doesn't really even believe in the psychic uh, world at all. But her... It has been passed down through her family, so yes. like she, she knew just it thought was she there. was missed. Yeah, yeah. and uh, she's just using it to her advantage at the moment that we meet uh-huh. her. And Oda May is played by Whoopi Goldberg, and this is maybe one of the greatest casting choices of all time because Whoopi Goldberg just completely crushes this role. Like uh, she steals pretty much every scene she's in. Yeah, and with very much like it's a nostalgia feeling when I see her on screen. Like, mm-hmm. like it's like. I don't know, the sister act is, like, where I remember her most, and, like, she feels the same while still, like, being much more adult, I guess, compared to sister act. This is just a really great role for her, and when we get into maybe the spoiler territory more, we'll talk about her and Sam's relationship together, because that's, at some point, it almost feels like that becomes the focal point of the film. (laughs) Yeah. Which is really strange for a uh, romance film. Yeah, like she's not just hanging back in like no. the background of these like essential scenes, you would think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. interesting, yeah. And then our last uh, main character to kind of build a roster here is Carl Bruner. And this is Sam Wheat's best friend, his co-worker at the investment bank. And kind of a... I don't want to spoil too much about his character, even though it's pretty clear uh early on kind of where things are heading i would say yeah he's he's sam's best friend and very close with both of them as a couple he's obviously has a little bit of interest in demi moore's character i guess like it it feels like you know they're two best friends and then he's also very well acquainted with uh molly as well and so when Sam becomes a ghost at that point, you know, like there's there's this grief, there's this like there's there's a lot of emotions in the air. And so there's things that kind of happen later on between those two characters. Yeah. And that's kind of the the main cast, I would say. There's a couple of other characters that I want to mention, which they're just interesting performances. Vincent Chevalli plays the subway ghost. Yeah. He's got a very distinct face. He's got like very sunken eyes. He just kind of plays like, he's a character actor who plays like almost like borderline depressed characters. And he's been in over 120 films, including One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, Amadeus, Fast Times at Richmond High, and Batman Returns. So you've probably seen him 
at some point in time in a movie that you've watched in your life. Yeah, he's very recognizable. Very recognizable. Uh, the other person that I noticed uh, on screen and I was kind of excited when he popped up was Steven Root. Yes, that's exactly what I was just pulling up and was about to talk about. Like, he was very recognizable as well, but it took me yeah. like a few seconds to really connect it. Because he's quite young in this compared to what we've seen him in. Yeah, this is one of his first roles. I think he made he had a couple TV movie roles be- prior to this, but this is his first like big film role. He plays a cop in the movie, and you may know him from Milton from Office Space. Uh, he also plays Gordon in Dodgeball, and most recently he plays Monroe Fox in Barry. Yeah, yeah, which uh, is is a great performance and great role in in that show as well. Have you seen Barry? I've seen a season or so, maybe. Okay, two yeah, seasons. yeah. I'm, I'm about a season as well. I think Mike's a big fan of of that show. Mm. It's a great show. Yeah, yeah. It's it's really funny. It's probably like Bill Hader's best role yeah, ever. Yeah. So it's cool to see Bill Hader finally, like you know, find his his perfect character and his perfect role. Mm-hmm. So to round things out, the director. So this is Jerry Zucker, and Jerry Zucker has a really really interesting film career. I don't know if you looked at his career at all i haven't yet but wow okay i'm about to blow your mind i'm about to blow your mind all right jerry zucker is also known as the writer director of the film airplane yeah that was crazy as well as rat race and top secret i loved rat race as a kid so did i it was yeah and i actually watched it recently and while it didn't quite hold up to like my childhood expectations Mm. it was still like relatively funny yeah it was like enjoyable yeah exactly some of it was played out like it's that time is over now but yeah there's a lot of good comedy in there still yeah exactly and so he's kind of an, a director that's known for like screwball parody comedies mm-hmm. and so this film is somewhat a departure from that however like i said like if you're kind of expecting this film just to be a pure romance Prepare to be completely blown away because there are definitely some aspects of his prior films that make it into this movie. Like there are some legitimately hilarious moments in yeah, this film. Yeah. I laughed out loud quite a bit during this film. And again, some of it was just due to Patrick Swayze's poor acting, but some of it was also <laughs> planned. <laughs> well, and but it's it's also maybe the relationship between his character and Whoopi Goldberg's character that I, I yeah. genuinely really enjoyed as well. Yeah, that's, we'll talk about that's later. fair, yeah. So who is this movie for? And also, does this movie hold up to a modern watch? And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk my experience going into this one a little bit. The first 15 minutes of this movie, I was in sitting in the couch, probably slightly arms crossed, and I was thinking to myself, I don't know if I'm going to like this movie. Yeah. This movie is like very melodramatic in the first like 15 minutes. It really like hams up the fact that this movie is a romance that like and like an erotic romance. Like I was like, am I watching Fifty Shades of Grey without like all of the the real crazy sex stuff. Yeah. Is is kind of how I felt in the first 15 minutes. And then the next 15 minutes after Patrick Swayze's character dies, I was fully invested. Like mm-hmm. I I I bought into everything happening. And we're going to talk about that a, a little bit I think in when we get into the our our personal reviews and, and the spoiler section, but the the aspects of Patrick Swayze being a ghost really intrigued me. And some of the world building at that point in time 
full, like I said, it full. I bought into everything. Yeah, I have some questions, but I also like it. They did it well for that time, like 1990, and they're using like not CGI, definitely not CGI, but like the camera, right. like the special effects were pretty okay. And um, the only thing I would fault is a little bit of the acting. Yeah, <laughs> and that also comes down to directing a little bit too. But other than that, yeah. It was easy to just um, get caught up in, it, like, to get into the movie, though. Like, you, it, mm-hmm. it wasn't taking you out too much. No, like, the special effects, like, I would say when Patrick Swayze dies were, like, probably the worst special effects in the movie, I would argue, because I, I actually enjoyed some of the special effects from later that I don't want to spoil mm. in the film. But Patrick Swayze watching his own dead body lying on the ground, I was like, ooh, that does not, like, that doesn't look great in 2023. But otherwise, I was like, you know what? This movie, like, it holds up pretty well. Like, the special effects, yeah, you're, not all the special effects quite work, but... In terms of being an enjoyable movie in 2023, I think there's something here still. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And so what's really interesting about this movie, and we've kind of hinted on this as well, is the movie kind of ebbs and flows between several genres. Like it really starts out as a romance and then kind of pivots into a fantasy film. And then at some point, it almost becomes like a a crime thriller yeah. as well. So before eventually getting back into the romance to kind of wrap things up. Yeah. It's all like weaved together very well without mm-hmm. any like clunkiness or any um, like jumps or anything like that. Like it just flows, which is pretty nice. Like it was, it keeps you in while it's still changing things so much. Exactly. And like, I think that, this movie, there's going to be something for everybody in this one because just because of how many different genres it kind of crosses over with. If you're interested in the fantasy elements, the the primary character is a ghost element. Like there's there's something there for you. If you if you want to see some of the romance, like there's definitely some the romance in this film. Very steamy romance. Yeah, the buddy cop like crime thriller like section mm-hmm. uh, where it's like Patrick Swayze and Whoopi Goldberg together like. Definitely a very key aspect of this film that made it successful. It's a movie that I could recommend to a lot of different people. As a throwback, yeah. Yeah. If uh, if you're somebody who really isn't interested in like a movie that has bad special effects, like, you know what? There's there's like two times where the special effects don't necessarily hold up. But otherwise, like if, if those two times are going to ruin your viewing experience, then yeah, okay, maybe this movie isn't for you. But otherwise like it's it's a pretty damn good movie there's there's also like the aspect of the comedy to this movie is it's somewhat tongue-in-cheek kind of humor like it's it's cheesy while also being a little tongue-in-cheek and there's something somewhat enjoyable in a kind of a retro watch of this film with some of that that holds up today as well yeah i would agree with that there's um like a few points where at no point, I guess, what I'm saying is, does it go over the top? Like it stays. Mm-hmm. Every like different genre section like stays limited. Like it, it could have got taken away with the comedy at some points, or with like the drama at some points. But it's all. It right. gives you like a good amount of each. It's all very like digestible. Yeah, agreed. Uh, do you have any other recommendations for who this movie might be for? I think again, like it's a couples movie for yeah. people that don't necessarily want to watch like a full on romance or a full on comedy or thriller. Yeah, yeah, like you just want something that itches all the spots. 
Yeah, it it's it's a pretty easy watch, honestly. You could pop into this movie like ten minutes in and and you know still get a lot of enjoyment out of this. You could yeah. walk in halfway through this movie and still be pretty invested in what's going on, kind of thing. Yeah, um, which is kind of neat. I wouldn't recommend it, but still, yes. No, but like <laughs> you know, if you like back in back in the day when it was on the t- TV and you're like, yeah, I'll give it a go. Yeah, it's it's like ten minutes in. Like that's how I uh, as as kind of a tangent here. That's how my experience with Forrest Gump was for almost my entire life. Like me I, too. Yeah, I've almost. I don't think I've ever seen Forrest Gump from start to finish. I've always gotten in at certain points, and even maybe wrapped up at certain points too. Like I might see like twenty minutes in the middle somewhere, and so I'm pretty sure I've seen that entire movie. But I don't think I've ever sat down and watched it in one sitting, which is kind of awesome. Uh, I think you should, but um, yeah, like I have, but I. Re- remember like for a long time i didn't know the whole idea of who forrest gump was really because i'd only seen bits i don't know if you and i were in the same class in high school when the teacher put on forrest gump but there was a time when they they put on forrest gump i don't know if it was a substitute teacher or whatever um and so they were like okay we're gonna watch this for the next like two three days and i ended up being sick or something for a day (laughs) in the middle so i literally never watched it from start to finish that's hilarious (laughs) So when to watch. So I think you kind of alluded to this just now that this movie is kind of a date night movie because it does have something for everyone while also not necessarily being like a full romance or a full rom-com. I wouldn't call it date night, but I would definitely call it chill night in with your significant other. Yeah, like maybe it's it might not quite make like the valentine's day best of movies ever i would say a friday night just a friday night where you've had a long week you don't want to get invested in anything too serious but you want to see something classic and like there's the romance involved so it's just you and your partner watching it's pretty enjoyable yeah like this is popcorn entertainment to a t yeah yeah I, I don't think it quite fits into, like, a Valentine's Day slot necessarily. Like, you don't have to watch it around Valentine's Day, like something like When Harry Met Sally, uh, which we talked about on the podcast last year, and, and how important that is to to rom-com history, right? Mm-hmm. This one definitely has a, an interesting legacy with romance films that we'll talk about in when we get into the spoiler section. But for now, I think I think that's kind of where we leave it at with that. Where to Watch right now is streaming on Paramount Plus, and that is where I watched it through Prime, and it was great through there. I really enjoyed it. I think that is it for the part one primer of our episode, and I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the episode, but like I've said the last for the last couple episodes, we're kind of testing out a new format, splitting the episodes into two and doing kind of like the, this is the before you watch, spoiler, a spoiler-free as possible discussion of this movie and who it's for. And then uh, we're going to cut it off here. And in a week, you'll hear the the full spoiler, full review and, and discussion of this film. So come back after you've seen it and uh, we'll discuss it further. Yeah, enjoy your watch. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.